Decaholics, good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, depending on what time you are listening. But this is episode 81 of the Deacon and Co. Show. My name is Deacon, the hostess with the mostest, puppet master himself, sinister son, whatever you choose to call me. I guess that's okay, because I'm the one hosting the show, you're the one listening, and I thank everybody for taking the time out of their day, their week, their lives, to listen to me ramble and go on about some crazy topics in the world most people either have a great interest in or have no interest in at all. And that's the cool thing about the topics that each of these podcasts that you listen to bring to you. So... Where do we fall under the category of a topic well, or uh, of a label for a podcast? I don't know. Pop culture, I guess. Music, sports, other stuff. Well, episode for today, 9th of April, 2022, is called, in the description as you're reading this, as you're seeing it play on your device, Let's All Go to the Lobby. Because today, we're going to do a movie review with special treat for you guys. Talking about some current events that have happened um, that are old, a week old or so, week out on the show when it comes to stuff like this. Because we've got so much going on on the Deacon and Co. show. And we've got to take time to talk about the things that have happened in the world as well. Uh, quick sports update for you guys. Sure. Met news? Absolutely. It's all going to come to you right about now, so, sports update for today. We welcome back baseball, ladies and gentlemen. We had opening day uh, for most of the uh, MLB a couple days ago, and now we're in full throttle in the season. Uh, with that being said, also in Augusta today, Augusta, Georgia, we know if we're talking about Augusta, we're talking about the Masters, and we're talking about Tiger Woods' return. Sure. I think it might be a little bit too late in his career to want to just come out and play one or two events a year and expect to win these things, but would be cool to see Tiger do something and win. NBA today, we had the Sixers and the Pacers. Uh, then we have the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, Warriors and the Spurs, Kings and the Clippers. Um, that's it for basketball. One game left tomorrow. And then the NBA season is over. And unfortunately, earlier in the week, the Los Angeles Lakers were eliminated from playoff contention or play-in contention with their losses. And a big W last night for the home finale, uh, crushing OKC. But if you don't crush the team that's at a lower record than you, then you know there's something absolutely wrong here. A lot of people questioning, is this the worst Laker team in history? Well... Uh, it very well could be, but the thing is, is that as a fan, you know, you, you remember the bad times, you remember the good times, and uh, if you guys turn around and uh, outweigh, you know, the good times, which obviously there is a lot more of being a Laker fan than uh, there are not, then, uh, you know, you'll see that there was a mistake made. And giving up what we gave up to bring in a guy who just would not gel, would not mesh with the team. And you can't blame this all just on one individual. So I don't want to sit here and put the blame all on Russell Westbrook. Part of the reason of going in and breaking down for you guys the um, top 75 or 76 team that they did in the NBA and all the rankings and stuff is because there are obviously clear points in there 
that indicate that these, some of these players that were on that list, including Russell Westbrook, including Dame Lillard, including Carmelo Anthony, including Anthony Davis, don't belong on this fucking list. And here's the point. Anthony Davis, our best player, can't stay healthy all year. If the guy stays healthy and doesn't miss 30 games, well, the Lakers don't miss the playoffs. And you were brought over, signed on a max deal. Um, where do the Lakers go from here? We don't know. Tomorrow's the last game in Denver, and the misery is over, as I like to put it. As I mentioned to you guys last week, all of the uh, purple and gold have started shifting to the closet and uh, the other side of the closet as we make room for the New York Rangers stuff that all comes out for this type of season. And it's cool because you turn around and you look at things from the only perspective that you can hear is that being a fan is work. Being a fan is emotions. Being a fan is your team doesn't make it. You're not in that mood. You're not happy. Um, if you are a fan who could shrug it off, then good. Awesome. Learn to control the emotions. That's great. But, you know, for me to sit here and say that I will be watching every single basketball game uh, it would be a lie to you guys. Of course, I'm going to keep an eye on what's going on, but no interest in, in what is going to happen without the purple and gold there. So, predictions, sure. Um, NBA playoff preview coming up for you guys next week. Um, that's going to be released. Uh, I'm not really sure when. Uh, Monday, Tuesday. Maybe because of how the playoffs are going to start. So we shall see what happens from there. And Hockey World, Capitals and Penguins. Big game here for both of these teams as the Penguins are ahead uh, in the standings here um, to try and catch the Rangers and try to catch Carolina. Might end up playing Pittsburgh in round one. And if, if I was a Penguin um, or a Penguins fan... Which I'm not, okay? Schittsburgh, all right? And I got stories for days about what happens when I travel on the road, especially in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, I, I would be afraid of the New York Rangers, and, and they should. And the team that I came on and spoke about to you guys a couple years ago on how they were the best, they were the fastest team in hockey since January, and then COVID hit, we lost five straight games. Well, that's not that team anymore. And a lot of these guys don't have playoff experience. And they're going to get playoff experience this year. And Igor Shosherskin is going to make a deep run for the New York Rangers and get them to a least, okay, second or third round deep. Um, maybe the Stanley Cup. Who knows? But it's, it's crazy. We'll have the bracket challenge, as always, coming up. But you still have another two or three weeks left of the season. Not ending. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, three <laughs> Uh, three weeks left, 21 days left of the season for hockey. So, got some more hockey, which would then essentially mean that if there was a Game 7, we might be able to get soccer in the morning uh, for the World Cup on 4th of July. And at nighttime, while everybody's watching and shooting fireworks and having a good time celebrating the birth of this country and the independence, um, you're going to get the Stanley Cup Finals if it goes to a Game 7. So, We'll see what happens one day at a time, and let's see it happen. Capitals and Penguins, as I said, Devils and Stars, Panthers and Predators, Hockey Night in Canada, ladies and gentlemen, Montreal Canadiens, and the Toronto Maple Leafs in an original six matchup. That's good for the people in Canada. 
Blue Jackets and Red Wings. Senators and Rangers from the Garden. Flames and the Kraken. Ducks and the Flyers. Islanders are playing the Blues. Avalanche and the Oilers. Sharks and the Canucks. Coyotes and the Golden Knights. So, you see there, important games coming up. Absolutely. Um, every game at this point now, I think, is just more along the lines for jockeying and positioning, as I've been mentioning, because nobody who is currently in a standing right now will not make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So, again, basketball preview coming out for you guys next week, um, along with a returning guest as well. Uh, and uh, we'll have another good couple of episodes coming up for you guys. Going to be really great ones, as a matter of fact, instead of saying good, that was, that was kind of shitty of me. But uh, I'm going to be joined in a couple weeks by, once again, Brad Campbell, the doctor, to do part three of the Big Four special, and Anthrax, which is his band, uh, is coming up. So it's going to be good if you guys enjoyed uh, the other episodes of Megadeth and Slayer. Definitely going to enjoy this two-part special. Both being released on the same day for you guys, hour and a half each, so that way you'll be able to ease into it at your leisure. But with the feedback and with the uh, turnout of listens for the Slayer episode, uh, I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this one because uh, a lot of people enjoyed that Slayer one. But before we can get chatting with the doc, we got to do today's episode and a couple weeks we're going to chat with a Metallica author. Um, who I'm not going to reveal the surprise yet, but it's going to be one of the best conversations, and I can tell you that because this guy is a huge, huge Metallica fan, and he's a really nice guy too as well. So, that being said, Met News, just the black box vault going on now. Uh, we patiently await portals coming out in a, a few days, and we also anticipate the start of Metallica season all summer or you know really uh, mid-spring or I say late spring starting off in South American tour or not really so much a tour but to make up the shows that they had missed during COVID then we come uh, to our Bottle Rock on the Memorial Day weekend Friday which I believe is the 27th in Napa California only to travel cross-country to Boston and Boston Calling on that Sunday, which we know Deacon will be at, along with Deke Talica, rocking live with Metallica. Going to be doing it. It's going to be fun. Uh, after that, we sit back as they go do their thing in Europe. Then they'll come back, and we'll be ready for Lollapalooza in Chicago. Then we go to our stadium tours with Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And that is where we leave off right now with Metallica. No more shows announced as of right now. And uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Definitely ready. And always ready for the next Metallica concert. As you heard last week with our guest Guy, the next one is always the best one. And a big shout out to him because it was so much fun doing the episode with him. And again, how, how we met and everything else is just another point of the Metallica family being there, and we're a part of something, and it's really, really cool, and I thank him for taking the time out of his day, great episode, super fun guy to work with, and no pun intended with super guy to work with, but look forward to seeing Guy over the summer, 
um, in the upcoming months, and uh, I, I look uh, forward to having him return as a guest on the Deacon and Co. show. Um, anything I missed with Met? Let me see. Uh, they're the greatest band that ever lived? Yes, we already knew that. Um, now we're going to go into our topic number one here, or topic number two, rather, since you guys got the quick sports update. That's always the first topic. Uh, Jackass Forever. Doing In the beginning of the episode, I told you that we're going to be doing a movie recap. Well, let's see why. Before we get into Jackass Forever, there was an event that happened at the Oscars. I'm sure everybody by now knows what I'm going to say. But Will Smith was being chirped at, at by Chris Rock. Will Smith decided that he was going to get up in front of everybody viewing on TV and everybody in attendance at the show and slap him across the face. So... Yeah, was it a slap? Yes. Was it a bitch slap? Yes. Was it something that Will Smith should have done? No. Will Smith, in my opinion, is a top 10 actor, and for him to do something like that really, really rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, no matter what the circumstances, you have to understand, okay? I can go right now, all right, and turn around and, and make jokes about this one and that one and that one if I'm a comedian. If it's a joke and you're hosting an award show, okay? And you have an open marriage like Will Smith and his wife does. You slept with Chris Rock. You knew that they. You obviously knew that there was history between them. Maybe it pissed you off. Well, let me see here. Don't have a fucking open relationship with your woman. I'm not having an open relationship with anyone, yet alone to have it with my wife to allow somebody else to go fuck my wife. Like that's just it's a recipe for disaster. It might work for him up until a point, but there is no human. And we saw it at the Oscars that is okay with somebody else banging their wife and publicly addressing it on TV and not uh, getting away with it. Now Will Smith is suspended for 10 years. The guy should be banned for life. This is a professional amongst professionals. What if I went on air each week and I bash this one and that one and, and then all of a sudden when it comes down to it, I get retaliation and someone says something about me and... I get pissed off and I punch him in the face. Well, it, you know, it's wrong. It's it's absolutely wrong. And in my opinion, Will Smith should have known better. And there's other ways to handle it. You could have gotten a Twitter universe behind you. You could have went on air and did a private uh, press conference. Or you could have done a private interview with somebody from Globe or anywhere else and said, Hey, listen, I think Chris Rock is X, Y, and Z. But he didn't. He took it the prof the unprofessional manner. Made yourself look like an asshole in front of uh, how many people on television. And in my opinion, I think you embarrassed your wife. You're, right, so what? He said a comment about G.I. Jane and whatever. It's, it's comedy. It's entertainment. That's what you're getting paid millions of dollars to do, Will Smith. Sorry, buddy. If I didn't have a good genius of the week, you would be fucking co-genius of the week. Because that is ridiculous. And somebody who's supposed to be an idol, inspiration, or whatever else you want to call it. Yeah, you did a great job. Hang on. Slow clap for you there. But... That being said, Jackass Forever, got a chance to watch it, told you guys I was going to do the recap on it and whatnot. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, everybody needs money. Yeah, I get it. So hire me for a contract, too, to do some of the shit that they did on Jackass. It was so ridiculous and PG. The new characters weren't the old characters, and it was just... Things that uh, were not under the jackass, um, I, I guess we would call protocol. Watched half of the movie, fell asleep. Uh, started with the point just a little before I fell asleep. Uh, again, to watch the movie. 
And at that exact same point that I fell asleep the first time, again, it happened. So, I don't know what to say. It was a terrible, without the whole cast, all right? And, I mean, I'm talking about a show that you obviously did, let's see, Jackass 1, 1.5, 2, 2.5, 3. You did six or seven of these movies already that... Like the Impractical Jokers, at this point, what can you do that you've already have not done? So now, they're trying new things. So Jackass tries to do a movie. Jackass Forever. Everybody's old. You can imagine. Hair. Maybe maybe a little slight hesitation. And, um, you know, some of the things that may have not have been a slight hesitation. Like, let's, for instance, running into a bowl. Never had a problem doing that before. But again, how many times can you do it? My recommendation to you is, if you haven't seen it, is, if you're a fan of the show, to give it a try. I have yet to complete the rest of it, so I'm giving you guys a recap on something, and most of the time, not gonna lie, I give you guys pretty good recommendations. Stay away from this one. It is not good, believe me, stay away from this one. Some some of the, you know, stunts that they did in the past, like some of the really, really good ones of, you know, uh... Really messed up stuff that could have gotten people in some serious shit, uh, but for our entertainment. I mean, this is something that started off with simple little tasks of swallowing a goldfish, spitting the goldfish back up into a bowl, and it's still living. Um, going down uh, dunes, sand dunes, with sleds. Stuff that was funny, that people would do as kids to goof around and stuff like that. They made a living off of this. So when they started doing the movies, they needed to do skits. That were a, a lot more, you know, um, intense. I guess a lot more real. I guess you could say whatever you want to call it. But there were so many great ones over the course of Jackass 1 through whatever. Uh, that, you know, you had things like Butterbean fighting Johnny Knoxville in the department store. People don't know what the fuck's going on. They see this big fat guy walks up to this skinny little rail. Heavyweight champion at one point in his career for Butterbean. With one of my favorite boxers of all time to watch. Knocks Johnny Knoxville out, his eyes gushing, I mean, concussed stitches. You know, not funny, but what do you do if you're there and you see something like that happen? Because, hey, guys, what is Genius of the Week? Genius of the Week is something that I see with my own eyes that I can't believe. Or I hear a story that I can't believe. And these guys, if I'm, if I'm in a department store and I see these people... And again, at this point, you have to realize, okay, well, where are we going to go at this point that nobody will recognize us, okay? Uh, you know, I'm going to look around like, what the fuck is going on when this guy gets punched out and knocked out in the middle of the department store? Might not laugh at first, because that's not the kind of humor that, you know, I would be used to, for, you know, especially to uh, in a department store. But other cool things that they did... Um, it was definitely the toy car. Like, these are not things that, that, you know, they normally would do inside of, you know, the actual show, but they had to step it up to the next level for the movie. In Jackass Forever, they did not do that. The toy car bit was where Ryan Dunn took a little matchbox toy, okay, put it inside a condom, shoved it up his ass, and went for an x-ray because he told the doctor he had a broken bone. So he's got an extra organ, Inside of the x-ray, as you see the little toy car on the x-ray. Funny? Well, I, I guess. But is it really funny to a point where you're going to risk your safety to amuse other people? I guess if that's the way you do it, then that's the way you do it. But um, 
things that right after certain points in our history were not funny in certain things. So now they made a skit in Jackass number two where you turn around and uh, they, they basically uh, gross uh, situation. They shaved their pubes, made a beard for one of the guys, Aaron, and had him wear this and then have him get locked in a trunk by somebody who he was supposed to be pretending to be a terrorist. But this man who they hired was of the Muslim descent, and actually flipped the script and made the prank be on the original guy who was supposed to have the prank. Had all kinds of, you know, other stuff that they did during the show they normally would do um, in the regular show, in the movie and stuff. But you just got to basically think that any time that you would see a jackass movie, and not the show, because this started off as, you know, an original... 22-minute show on MTV once a week, couple of seasons, right? I believe it was up to three seasons or whatever. But th look at it from this, um, you know, outlook on things, all right? When you're turning around and you have to take it to that next level, you got to make sure that you are upholding with your audience. And this has been said multiple times about different scenarios, whether it be a band, actor, or series. you got to know the audience of what you're doing. And... Um, these guys uh, was not impressive for me at all, uh, and I hope that if they decided they would do another one, it's going to be a reunion, because these new characters were terrible. Speaking of actors, Oscars, Will Smith, um, I dropped a hint for you there, what was coming next, top 10 actors of all time. Now, I did something a little different on this one. I made two lists. I gave you my list of who I think my top, and I, and I actually had to go a little more, um, I had, I had to give 13, I had to give top 13 lists, because this was very difficult for me, the first five were hands down, I already knew those, um, but I also gave a top 10 list of who I think, or who I thought would be not so much the top 10 actors of all time, but I gave 10 actors who I think would be in a top 25 actors of all time list, but I just happened to put them in order of 1 through 10 of who I thought was the best for this period. Um, I think that you guys will be surprised at the list. Uh, there are not many comparisons on this list. I believe that there is maybe three that I share. Um, but this is truthfully how I feel. So we're going to start off with We'll, we'll start off with my list. I think that would be good for everybody. Um, as I said, this is a top 13 list, okay? So, my top 13 list, number 13 out of my top 13 favorite actors of all time is going to be the man who played in King of New York and he played as Frank White, Christopher Walken, and this role for me really changed me as a fan and woke me up and seen how great of an actor this guy really is.
Yeah, um, just seeing that on the subway, three dudes with knives walking up to you while you're trying to bang a chick on the subway, and, uh, you know, uh, whoa, whoa, snatch her purse, but here, take a wad of cash, come down to the Plaza Hotel if you're looking for work, my name's Frank White, unbelievable job, loved gangster in New York, I love it, I fucking love it, uh, excellent, excellent scene for you guys there, uh, 12 for me. Might be a little shocker to everybody of how high he is back on this list, but not only a great actor, but when we do a great director's role, he will definitely be on there as well. Number 12 on my list goes to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that had me instantly hooked on the Dirty Harry series. Of course, that is from the original with the Scorpio Killer. From where, ladies and gentlemen? Drum roll. San Francisco, California. Yeah. So, cool to see that. Love Dirty Harry. One of my favorites of all time. Uh, number 11 here. All right, and this one took me a long time. All right, so for me to like this individual, to not be able to recognize him on my list, um, he definitely is on the top 25. Uh, how do you not appreciate the things that he's done for acting and humanity and the world, global warming, everything? Leonardo DiCaprio. Those little black boxes, they're called telephones. I'm gonna let you on a little secret about these telephones. They're not going to dial themselves, okay? Without you, they're just worthless hunks of plastic. Like a loaded M16 without a trained Marine to pull the trigger. And in the case of the telephone, it's up to each and every one of you. My highly trained Stratonites. My killers. My killers who will not take no for an answer. Wolf of Wall Street across, uh, of course, there. One of my favorites. And, uh, man, I think that was my breaking point. Watching that movie and seeing how great he was, went back and caught all of his films on a little movie binge at one point in my career of watching movies, or my lifetime, rather. Um, yeah, you can't re um, distinguish the difference Um when you're sitting there looking at something like this because he played it to the T of what was really going on at that time in real life. Wolf of Wall Street, one of my favorites. Excellent there by Leonardo DiCaprio. Now we'll get into the real 10 list. Okay, those are my extras, all right? So that being said, okay, Gotta have for me on here, number 10, Samuel L. Jackson. Anytime that I've ever seen Samuel L. do a movie, uh, never, ever, ever was he, uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, less than stellar in any of his roles. Here we have it. Look, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I didn't get your name. I got yours, uh, Vincent, right? But, but I, I never got your name. My name's Pitt. And your ass ain't talking your way out of this shit. No, no, no. I 
just want you to know. I just want you to know how sorry we are that, that things got so fucked up with us and, and Mr. Wallace. You know, we, we got into this thing with the best intentions, really. I never... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I didn't mean to do that. Please, continue. You were saying something about best intentions? <laughs> you read the Bible! <laughs> Pulp Fiction, one of my favorites. Uh, Samuel L. there playing Jules uh, from Englewood. Um, and just to... Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director, uh, favorite producer, and just the things that he can do uh, inside of a movie and take a cast of characters like this group um, and put them together. All big-name actors and actresses in this movie, which is amazing. And just to see something like this cracks me up. Worst movie I can be in, watch this movie. It cracks me up because of the way that he is so aggressive in this. And, and he plays a lot of that in his roles. Of course, we all love him in the uh, Capital One commercial. Nobody likes Hot Spacho, you know? But, uh, yeah, Samuel L., number 10 on there. Number 9 has to be on this list. I don't know how he's not. If you are a fan of movies, especially in regards to the 90s and what he did in dramas, Any Given Sunday, Coach Tony D'Amato... Al Pacino. I just commit you can control this game. You know, possession of the ball, that's all I want. Move those chains. You know, read the safety's drop. If he's flat-footed or in his back pedal, then we go downtown. You know, surprise him, Willie. Make it sudden. You know, if you see their arms shaking, their asses up in the air, that means they're coming. Control the line of scrimmage. You can control this game. You said that already, Coach. One more thing. Right out of the gate. Let it fly. Go 9-9. Love it, love it, love it. Any Given Sunday, uh, obviously one of the other favorites there. But uh, can't have a top 10 actors list of all time without Al Pacino on there. Number 8 is going to go to the man, Tom Hardy. Uh, guys don't know who this actor is. Unbelievable. And he just cracks me up. And he played Bane. Big part of how I got into liking him. And obviously Bane in the Dark Knight Rises. And everything else that goes along with it. Legend, and also in Venom, if you guys are all superhero fans and whatnot. But yeah, Tom Hardy, for me, is going to be number eight. It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. Yeah, some deep, powerful shit there, and of course, League of Shadows and whatnot from that trilogy. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Number seven for me may shock a lot of people. We're getting into the top five coming up, but uh, Mark Wahlberg. Always a huge fan of him, except for he's a fucking Celtics fan, but yeah, Marky Mark, one of my favorites, and seen all of his movies too, and of course... So many great ones that he was involved with, different kind of roles, different kind of leads, and I wouldn't be able to do this top ten without Mark Wahlberg. It's very difficult for him to do I don't think he's going to get into it in this, at this rate. This is a survival mode. Are you like me? Huh? Is this good enough to fight Sugar Ray? I never had to win, did I? You've got to do more than that. You've got to win a title. For you, for me. Alone. This is your time, all right? We take it. I have my time. I do it. You don't have to, all right? 
gone through over the fucking years. You put it in that ring right now. This is yours. This is fucking yours. Okay. Fucking head, body, head, body. Say it back to me. Fucking say it back to me. Head, body, head, body. Get in your mind. This is fucking yours. Fucking yours. Stay off the fucking ropes. Yeah, and that was a little bonus there for you because Christian Bale was also there, done a couple movies together with Mark Wahlberg. And I feel like when people do movies together with other big name actors, it makes them become a bigger actor. And that, of course, last fight scene in The Fighter. If you guys haven't seen it, boxing season is coming up. The Fighter is definitely on the top 10 list of boxing movies of all time. You have to see that one. Uh, moving in now to number six. This one, because of Ozark. Because of everything else that he's got going on, he is such a great actor, Jason Bateman. I worked very, very hard to get here too, madam, and I'm well within the rules. <laughs> You're an asshole, that's all. That's a child. Yes, and I'm sure he's hurt even worse from you. I don't speak like that in front of him. Oh, oh, is that right? Yes, that's right. So why don't you take your potty mouth, oh. go locate your preteen cocksucker son, and stuff him back up that old blown-out sweat sock of a vagina and screwed off to whatever shit-kicking town you came from. <laughs> Bad words. If you guys haven't seen it yet, there's a spelling bee. Just it's, it's Jason Bateman is too funny. Uh, Ozark coming up in a couple of weeks to finish off the series there on Netflix. I'll keep you guys updated there. But number six is Jason Bateman. Now, as I'm reading off this list, Nay wanted to play the game and she wanted to be able to turn around and she wanted to be able to guess. So she did really, really well on this, which I was kind of surprised that she would get some of these deep names that are on this list because let's, uh, you know, here at DeaconandCoachShowGmail.com, I'm putting together a top 13 list of my favorite actors. How many have you guys guessed that I was going to say so far? Yeah, not many, but I want to hear your opinions on there. Uh, number five goes to the man, okay? White men can't jump. Um... Woody Harrelson, you guys know him? Yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson, one of my favorites. Money Train, I'm going to hit him. No, you're going to hit him. No, I'm going to hit him. Why? Go out. We both going to hit him. Bop. <laughs> love it. Uh, as you can see, I love violent movies. I love drama. I love, uh, you know, just something that could hold my interest. But uh, Woody Harrelson, man, and really what definitely broke him to me as one of my favorites, it was obviously True Detective season one also the producer and creator of it if you guys haven't seen it check it out but woody harrelson number five <laughs> classic, classic white man can't jump. And it's so funny to see him with the backwards hat, parental advisory shirt on in the middle of fucking Venice Beach, California. It's just it's too funny to me. Too funny. Number four on this list. Uh, 
hands down can't have a top list for me without this man, but my name is Max Dasmarus Marius, General of the Army of the North, true leader or true servant to the true leader, Marcus Aurelius. Russell Crowe, Gladiator, is what defies his career for me. Absolutely, and that's such a moving, 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 moving role that he played in there. Definitely one of my favorites. Bringing us down into number three, which may shock you guys, Jeremy Renner. Uh, always, in my opinion, nominated for a um, Best Supporting Cast here. As, and, and all the movies that he plays always cracks me up, and such a great actor. <laughs> Help from Ben Affleck there. Who's car are we going to take? So, uh, you know, it just... How about we just go around and start fucking all the witnesses? <laughs> Town, definitely top five movie of mine of all time. Uh, Jeremy Renner there, of course. Which now brings us down into the final two uh, of my list here for you guys. And um, this was fun so far. Number two, though, is going to go to... <sighs> Christian Bale and best Batman that ever lived um, so many great ones that have stepped in the armor of the Dark Knight but Christian Bale hands down best Batman ever and of course such a great 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 actor Bale there as Batman working with Heath Ledger as a Joker. Uh, 
so many great movies that Christian Bale has done over the years, and uh, th this definitely one of my favorite ones there, Batman, Dark Knight. Um, I've seen the Dark Knight in movie theaters 27 times. That is no joke. I have every single ticket stub. This was really a great movie, and Christian Bale, uh, one of the reasons why this solidified one of my favorite movies of all time. Which now leaves us to number one, which, of course, is going to be has to be the only one, the only answer on this list has to be Danny DeVito, number one. Hats off. Danny DeVito's the best actor that ever lived. Of course, the Penguin, Twins, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Great, great actor, Danny DeVito. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to insert the clip now. <laughs> just kidding. For me, Matthew McConaughey's number one. Uh, huge fan of Matthew McConaughey, just everything that he's done. And just for me... Um, what really, really gets it is Mark Hanna, and here's another Wolf of Wall Street for you. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio right there as a rookie there with him and uh yeah well what a, what a real great one hope you guys enjoyed my top 13 list of all time man it was really such a pleasure to put this together but now here it is now here's the list I put together for you guys of the top 10 actors of all time number 10 for me Humphrey Bogart can't discard the classics of the gentlemen that have paved the way for what we know today as acting and entertainment number nine James Cagney there you go. Older guys definitely have to be involved there. Number eight, the best, I would say, action thriller um, or, I guess, stunt man of all time, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Has to be on this list. Number seven, one of the greats, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Number six, mentioned on my list, here we go, Clint Eastwood. Number five, surprisingly on the top ten, this is again, this is the top ten. Now, not this isn't necessarily the whole top ten because I said that the actors on this list are definitely top 25 actors of all time. Number five, Will Smith. Number four, Matthew McConaughey. Number three, Denzel Washington. Someone I didn't put on my list, but definitely, definitely has to be on the top ten list of all time. Number two, Al Pacino. Number one, The Duke. John Wayne, and as much as I don't want to say that John Wayne was one of the best actors of all time, the numbers don't lie. Just take a look. But that will conclude this segment of Top 10 Actors and the topic for today. Moving on into Genius of the Week here, ladies and gentlemen. Crane Machine Defeat found a way inside of Des Moines, Iowa, inside of a Walmart, they found a way to go in their uh, machines and start robbing, reaching in through the outhole, if that makes sense, no Led Zeppelin 
pun intended there for those who know in through the outhole. Um, you think about this here is how low do you really have to go? So uh, this one man in Iowa lost two fingers by reaching in and robbing a PSP. This is how old this one is that their uh, Walmart recent story old mer merchandise inside of there. Maybe we should get some updated stuff. Uh, so reaches underneath rips two of his fingers off when he tries to pull out the mechanism that is holding in the device grips on the two of his fingers rips them right off genius of the week there man i was probably 25 cents to play this game he felt that he was above the law and there you go man justice was finally served genius of the week recommendations for me deacon and co show at gmail.com appreciate that greatly Rapid number one here, Mets and Yankees predictions for 2022. Who's writing this shit for me to do this, all right? <laughs> Mets and Yanks. Uh, all right, on paper, the Mets have a better team than the Yankees, but neither one of them will make the playoffs, and if they do, it'll be an early exit wild card, one game out for both of them. Uh, that's how I feel. Rapid number two here, favorite jackass stunt ever. Well, two of them. First one I gave you guys multiple times. I've mentioned this to you in the Deacon and Co. show prior episodes. There is a gentleman uh, named Steve-O in Jackass who decides that him and Chris Pontius, who also did the Wild Boys program together where they would do uh, crazy, bizarre stunts with different types of wild animals, swimming with sharks, doing this with crocodiles, all this kind of cool shit. Uh, dead crocodile, didn't turn rigor mortis yet, walking the streets of Florida, just shaking and people are jumping out, getting scared. In that same episode, a couple skits later, tied a dollar bill to the end of a fishing pole through the reel and watched as they reeled it in how many people chased the actual dollar. Now that shit is funny to me, um, as it would have been to you when it originally happened. Doing it 15, 20 times over again just to see different people's reaction, yeah, it's cool, but kind of corny. Also, not a Jackass stunt, but this was in Steve-O's early recordings before Jackass. It was one of my most, it was the funniest thing I ever seen in my life. So, Steve-O decided that he was tired of being a nuisance and a menace to society. So, what he was going to do for one night on Halloween, he was going to dress up as the neighborhood urinal. Had a whole bunch of drunk bikers pissing on him because he actually had a urinal costume all over the place. It was just insane. But, yeah, those are my favorite, too. Uh, rapid number three here, favorite movie of all time. Uh, No-brainer, Pulp Fiction. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Marcellus Wallace doesn't like to be fucked by anybody but Mrs. Wallace. <laughs> Best Christmas gift I ever got. Well, I got a lot of good ones, but Nay got me a Bad Motherfucker wallet from Pulp Fiction. And if you guys don't know about Bad Motherfucker, well... Great, I'm proud of you. And Ringo's proud of you. It's almost over. Tell her you're proud of him. Proud of you, honey bunny. I love you. I love you too, honey bunny. Now, I want you to go in that bag and hide my wallet. Which one is it? It's the one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> it's the one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> yes, I do have a bad motherfucker wallet. No joke. <laughs> Next time you guys see me in person, just ask me to see it. But that's going to do it for me today. Uh, final thoughts and goodbyes. As I mentioned, the upcoming episodes coming out. Uh, gave our shout out and recap to our guest from last week, who was once again excellent in um, helping me assist just another day 
in showing that the Metallica world is alive and recognizes that Metallica is the best band that ever lived continuously on a daily, monthly, um, hourly, whatever you want to call it, bassist. And I actually appreciate the help from a lot of the guests that come on here that support Metallica as much as I do, and it was absolutely a pleasure. Looking forward to the upcoming episodes and enjoying the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the final day of basketball. I'll be looking forward to speaking with y'all in the beginning of the week for the NBA playoff preview. But in the meantime, you know, got to follow me on the majors of social, Deacon and Co. Show, Instagram and Twitter, Deacon and Co. Show, gmail.com. If you can, leave a line, suggestion, or anything else you got to say. But for now, Deacon is out.